I have a radical marriage conflict resolution tip for you. Perhaps you need a marriage transformation. Maybe there is a relationship that needs to be transformed. I know that you know somebody that needs a radical marriage conflict resolution tip. And if you do, well, you are welcome to share this podcast with them. But I must give you a warning here before we proceed. The gospel is only radical when you bring its transformative power into your life and relationships. If any two people will do what I am going to suggest here in this podcast for you to do, here's the promise. You will experience the practical ability, the practical power of the gospel in your life. Now, there is a key here. It takes two to tango. It takes two to work on this together. This will not be a radical marriage conflict resolution tip if only one person in the relationship is willing to go to this place Now, I know that we all repent at different times. We repent at different paces, and so everybody doesn't repent simultaneously. That means that two people in a relationship, I would say almost in every situation, one is ready to go before the other one is ready to go. And so this podcast is really for those who, uh, both of you, are ready to go. Now, if you are the only one that's willing to go to this place, you can glean a lot from this podcast. But I do want to give you that warning. I want to insert that caveat there that it takes two. Two people have to be willing to do this. I'm going to share with you, my friends, you know who they are. For those of you who have been listening for any amount of time, you have learned a lot about Biff and Mabel. And Biff and Mabel, well, they're having a marriage problem. And this story is actually true. What I'm going to share with you, this happened, oh, I would say back last century. Uh, but it is a true story. And of course, Biff and Mabel are not their names. And honestly, I don't even remember the couple. I don't remember their names at all, but I do remember what happened in the counseling session because I found it to be quite remarkable. Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas, by the way. You are listening to Your Daily Drive, one of the one of two podcasts from our ministry. We have Your Daily Drive and Life Over Coffee. The Your Daily Drive podcast or the podcast where I take our articles on our website and I put them in this audio format so that you can listen on the run. Life Over Coffee doesn't have an article per se, even though there are show notes, which is the business way of saying a skeletal outline of sorts of the actual podcast. But Life Over Coffee, I deal with different topics. Sometimes I interview people. It really just depends. It's more an eclectic podcast. But Your Daily Drive, this one here, is so that you can listen to our articles as you go about your business. Now, if you want to read this article, you're welcome to do that. The title of the article and the podcast is Radical Marriage Conflict Resolution Tip. 
and you can read it. I've got a few links here of other articles that you can read. I have a short video here that's kind of snappy and winsome that I hope will encourage you as well. And then, of course, there are links here to my books that you can order from Amazon. And if you don't have my books, I would encourage you to do that. For those of you who have read them, let me insert this here right now. I would like for you to do me a favor and go to Amazon where you bought the book and that you write a review for the book. Would you do that? Uh, it's a simple thing to do, but it's actually powerful. Uh, the more reviews that we have, the more likelihood that our books will be seen by other people. And so you can do a, a simple favor to me, and it will benefit the ministry as we reach more people with our resources. Let me get into this podcast. Let me tell you the story, the true story of my fictional characters, Biff and Mabel. They came to me for counseling, and as typical, as in not unusual, they were angry with each other. Imagine that, two sinners living in proximity to each other for an extended period, and they were frustrated with each other. Those of you who are dating and you're just wildly in love with each other and you're finishing each other's sentences and all that kind of stuff. Well, let me let you in on something that you already know, but you do need to think uh, seriously about this, that when you say your I do's and you are now officially one flesh and you move in together and you uh, cohabitate for the next 50 years, that's what I mean by two sinners living in proximity to each other for an extended period. 50 years is an extended period and I hope God gives you a wonderful life together. But you need to know that the person that you are getting hitched to is imperfect. And if you don't have a sin plan, if you don't have a proactive plan to work on your problems, well, you're going to be frustrated with each other. And that is exactly what happened to Biff and Mabel. There was low-grade anger running underneath the surface of their lives that would spike every few weeks into full-blown arguments. Many Christians, by the way, are very angry people, and you don't see this anger, and that's why I call it a low-grade anger. It does run under the surface of their lives, and as long as you don't poke at it, well, you'll really never know it. It will be hard to perceive. But when you live with somebody, your poker, the person who pokes you, that thorn in the flesh, uh, it will get poked and it will spike and all sorts of things will come out of this person with this low-grade anger. And so Bill Finnable lived that way for a long time with this low-grade anger, and on occasion, they would poke each other. Well, during counseling, I asked Mabel what was wrong with the marriage, and without hesitation, without skipping a beat, she gave me a long, clear, detailed list of all the things that were wrong with Biff. Amazing. There was no question about it. When Mabel was done with her long, clear, detailed list of things that were wrong with Biff, 
without question, I could only conclude Biff was a failure. Now, because I like to play fair, and we like to treat everybody the same, I turned to Biff. And I asked him about the state of their marriage. And without flinching or taking a breath, guess what? He gave me a list of all the things that Mabel had done wrong in their marriage. It was deja vu all over again. There was no question about it. Mabel was a failure. Here are two people who were looking at the the same thing, the exact thing, but they had two completely different perspectives on how their marriage became such a dysfunctional mess. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine anybody like Biff and Mabel who could look at the same dysfunctional mess and have two different conclusions as to how it got that way? Well, not to be discouraged, because it would be a temptation for a counselor to be discouraged in a situation like this. I, I, I have the gift of discernment, and I discern that Biff and Mabel have impeccable memories with those long, clear, detailed lists about what was wrong in their marriage. And so I turn back to Mabel and I ask her to give me a list of all the positive things that she appreciated about Biff. Now, again, this is a true story. Their names aren't Biff and Mabel, but this story is as true as it could possibly be, even though, honestly, I do not remember this couple at all because it was so many years ago. But I was amazed at their impeccable memories, how they could list so many details. And I'm talking about details that went back 20 years of the things that each other had done wrong. And so I asked Mabel to give me a list of all the positive things that she appreciated about Biff. And being equitable as I am, I asked Biff for a similar list regarding Mabel. And it was at that point... A fascinating thing happened in our counseling session. Without warning, within seconds, both of them were stricken with an acute case of amnesia. I never saw it coming. It was stunning. Mabel could, could not remember anything that Biff had done right. And even Biff, with his ability to give me such a long list of Mabel's failures, he couldn't think of a thing that Mabel had done right. It was crazy. Now, because my combatants had stuck themselves in this self-imposed self-righteousness, which is where they were stuck, I decided to take another angle to break the puzzle we needed to go at this a different way. We were in a conundrum. It was an impasse. They could remember all the imperfect things that each one had done to each other, but they couldn't remember one single positive thing that the other had done to each other. And so I figured, well, you know, when honesty is not working in a discipleship context, the most useful thing to do is to take it up the chain. What I mean by that is, 
well, what I have to say and what I'm doing in the counseling session is is not working, so I need to take it up the chain to a person who has a pay grade that is higher than mine. And so I decided to bring this situation to Jesus and just let him counsel them for a bit. And I did that by, well, I pulled out his counseling handbook and I turned to the book of Matthew and I read a couple of verses that went like this to Biff and Mabel. Jesus, the great counselor, said, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log, the hummer log, I inserted the hummer part, that is in your own eye? Or how could you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is this hummer log in your own eye, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, a proper application of the Savior's teaching in Matthew could be to build a, a log list what I call a log list. Let me explain. I ask each spouse to list all the ways they had personally failed in their marriage. I wanted them to address the log in their eye, as Jesus, the great counselor, was asking here in Matthew 7. Now, the one stipulation was they could not add the word but, B-U-T, to any of their reasons for their failures in the marriage. Perhaps you are tempted that way. You will acknowledge a personal failure that you have in your marriage or in your relationship and quickly whip around and insert the word but as a form of rationalization or an excuse for why you do what you do. And so I had to make that stipulation. All I wanted was a plain and simple, clear and direct, accurate, articulate log list of their personal failures. Now, their log list was to include all covert. Covert means sneaky or subtle things that they did to gig each other, as well as the discernible offenses that they had inflicted on each other, and they were to leave nothing off their log list. Now, I didn't leave it there. That's only 50% of the equation. And so simultaneously to building their log list, I asked them to create a grace list. They were to write down all of the good things that they appreciated about their spouse as well as all the kind things their spouse does in their marriage, in their family, and in their community. Even Paul could find some gratitude for those mean-as-snake people, Corinthians. As you read in 1 Corinthians 1.4, he said, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. And so I wanted to see a grace list, evidences of grace that they sneak around their home with a magnifying glass if they need to. They are looking for evidence, evidence of God's grace in their spouse's life. And when they find that evidence, they are to write it down. Thus, they would build a grace list. Now, in addition to their own going grace list, I ask them to take it up, to go one step farther. I asked them to begin communicating these evidence of grace to each other. 
as the Lord reminded them of His good work in the life of their spouse, they were to share these evidences to build up the other person. Crazy idea, I know. I want to say that they did what I asked them to do, but that was not the case. I wish I could share this podcast with you like a classic American movie where everything's going well, then it goes terribly, and then it ends well. Well, their marriage went well, dating to early marriage, and then it went terribly, and it it didn't end well. You see, it is rare for any couple to take this challenge because of the claim that stubbornness and unforgiveness and other pride-related issues have on the heart. The gospel is radical by itself, but it is even more drastic when two people begin to practicalize it into their lives. What about you? Has the gospel revolutionized you? Well, there are two ways that you can self-assess on this matter. Here are two things that I want you to consider to see if you have been revolutionized by the practical gospel. One, you're more aware of and more willing to identify your sin than the sin of, of any other person. That's the log in your eye. You're more aware of your sin. You're more willing to identify your sin than any sin of another person. That's one way that you can self-assess to see if the gospel has truly revolutionized you, if it has transformed you, and it is transforming you. The second thing that you can do, you're more willing to be an encouragement to others, especially those who have hurt you. Have you been radicalized by the gospel? Log in your eye. You identify your sin more than another person. The speck. You're more willing to encourage others, especially those who have hurt you. Jesus said it this way in Luke, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. But love your enemies and do good, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Luke 6, 32, 33, 35. I want you to try this at home if you can. Here's your call to action. If you want to transform your marriage or any other relationship, here are four things that you can do right now, today, at this moment. Number one, start your log list. Identify the log that is in your eye and give clarity to it. Build your list of things that you have done wrong to hurt or undermine the other person in the relationship. Number two, start your grace list. Number three, meet with the other person and confess confess your log list while asking for forgiveness. And then number four, share your grace list while thanking God for His good work in that person's life. Don't be like Bill Finn Mabel. Go the distance. Let the gospel transform you. You're listening to Your Daily Drive, the title of this podcast, Radical Marriage Conflict Resolution Tip. Thank you for listening.
Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.